Welcome to the Two Hmong Boys Podcast, where your hosts, Chu and Meng, give our hottest takes on current events and Hmong topics. So join us each week and sit back, relax, and jai ipa. Hey y'all, welcome to our fifth episode of Two Mom Boys. We're really glad you guys tune in today. We are your hosts, Chu and Meng, and on today's show, we're going to do a deep dive into respect and how Hmong men perceive respect. We recently touched on respect briefly as one thing Hmong men want when looking for partners, and we got some feedback for us to try to explain that a little bit further what respect means. So Chu and I, we reached out to some other guys to kind of share with us what they thought respect was. And so we put together a list of four of the top ways Hmong men perceive respect based on their feedback and our perspectives as well. And so the first one, and I think this is the most important one that we heard from a lot of guys and what we believe is also the most important one is keeping face in public. Oh yeah. This is like probably the most important thing to among men because like all men have egos and like the most important thing is keeping our ego in public. So like the saying that my parents used to tell me, you know, when we get married and shit is like, or like they tell the wives, you know, it's So that's pretty much just saying like straight up, like in public, don't embarrass your husband. Don't talk down to him. Pretty much don't bring drama up. And because of our ego, we do care what people think of us, you know, regardless if it's a random person or stranger we haven't met or if it's our close friends. And I know people might say, well, that's just dumb. Don't have an ego then, right? But I think mm-hmm. that's besides the point. I think the point is, men do have egos, then how do you work with a man and his ego in a sense, right? Yeah. So I think an inflated like- ego and a too big of an ego is a bad thing. But to say men shouldn't have egos either, like we're being unrealistic then at that point. Yeah, that's a straight up lie because if men don't have ego, then women wouldn't be attracted to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's why nice guys always finish last. Yeah. Because they don't have an ego. <laughs> but yeah, so our ego is kind of like our measure of self-worth. And so if like our ego is broken and we don't feel like we have ego, then we're going to not feel a lot of self-worth. Well, yeah, it's also worse in the Hmong culture because that's how we were taught growing up. You know, like, you know, men, we need to be strong. We need to, you know, have face. We need to do this, do that. You know, so it kind of like makes us into what we are, where we have to have an ego. We have to have face in public. So it's important to us. Yeah. And I think part of it's like with the culture that we're raised in in society, like we men, we will not survive without an ego. And I think it's no different from women who right or wrong, right? They're taught that your self-worth is based on the way you look. And you get a lot of these just subliminal messages on on what it means to be valued. I I see that men having an ego and needing to be an alpha similar to to some of the messages women are getting. Yeah. So how do you respect your husband in public? Or how do you in public. So how do you do that? I think the simple answer to you is you just don't embarrass him in front of people. People may have questions on, well, what does exactly embarrassing him mean? And so I think one of the first ways of not embarrassing him is to not make a scene. Well, it's pretty obvious when you see it, how do you not embarrass someone? Like I see it all the time. Whenever we're in a public event or a social setting, if I see a wife nagging or bitching at their husband, then I'm like, shit, that's embarrassing. Like, that's very obvious. Yeah. And I think if you stretch that a little bit more into some of the details, uh, you know, what is she exactly bitching about? And I think sometimes I what I see a lot is nagging at him to leave that social event. Um, yes. 
we're coming at this from a male's perspective, right? We're just talking about what men want in, in the ideal sense. And yes, there there are some limitations. You got to have an understanding between your husband and your wife on the right times to stay at a, at a social event when you're going to leave. But nagging him in front of people to get him to leave is a way of embarrassing him. And not only that, but actually leaving his ass behind. <laughs> it's also a way of embarrassing in front of people. Because even though you may not have made a scene, Later on, when he's trying to figure out how he gets home, that's pretty embarrassing to go up to another dude and be like, hey, uh, you might give me a ride home because my wife left. For real? <laughs> that's so funny. I mean, actually, if I were him, I would probably be like, I'm going to take an Uber. Well, yeah, nowadays it's very, <laughs> uh, it's a lot more convenient to find a way home. I mean, like back in the day when our parents were uh, dealing with this shit or uh, even in our younger days when there was no Uber, like it wasn't that easy to find a way home. And then another way, I think not embarrassing him in front of people is don't put him down. I think when women put men down in front of other people, they're trying to prove a point. Either they're trying to prove their superiority or they're like, your ego is getting too big and I need to put you in your place. I get it. I get it. If a guy's ego is too big, there has to be something that needs to be done about that. But putting Mm -hmm. him down in front of people to emasculate him is going to embarrass him. And that's not going to help him keep face. Oh, yeah. And that's just the same as like contradicting him like in public. Like, okay, if he's out of control. Yeah, that makes sense. But I mean, if he's just making some offhand remark that's not that big of a deal, like relax. You don't need to go. Actually, actually, I've been told you never tell a woman to relax. So (laughs) tell her to just so tell her to just, hey, it's not a big deal. Or chillax. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. From what I have experienced and what I have seen, women are generally pretty good at this until they start fucking drinking. (laughs) I think that's one of my uh, blessings is my wife doesn't drink. Damn. Lucky lucky guy. I probably ever have this issue with her drinking, but I mean, you know, just because you don't drink doesn't mean... Doesn't mean that you know you don't cause drama. <laughs> <laughs> no, but but I swear though, everything I've been in, or when like I, I see women starting like big scenes, you know, mm-hmm. for their men, there has been some alcohol involved, and oh, yeah. and I know alcohol makes your true emotions and stuff come out, but maybe maybe just don't drink. No, that's because only men can handle their liquor. You know? <laughs> <laughs> okay, can't. but real talk. Do not embarrass a man in public because men, we feel respected when we can have face in public. The second thing we came up with that we thought through is keeping problems in house. The OG saying that I always recall when I think of this is like, Man, you want to give a literal, uh, literal translation of this? Yeah. So don't open up your egg for other people to see. <laughs> It's but awful. no, I, I, I've also I've also heard folks like um, you know, like so oh, yeah. And so to why is this important for men to feel respected? Well, yeah, this mostly has to do with uh, reputation. We want to be able to control the way people perceive us or um, the way they look at us. So that's why it's really important. Yeah, and gossip just kills that, right? Because gossip is generally one sided. It starts to feed information to people that then change their perception of us. And from personal experience, I understand why women might do this sometimes, right? If they're frustrated. They need to let things out. But 
I've also seen women come to regret doing this because in the moment they're not thinking. And so if they keep doing this over time, then their husband starts to have, or their husband or partner starts to have a certain reputation to the people they're telling this to. And then that's damaging to him. And that's all those people know of them. And then he can't ever change that. Yeah. Gossip is always one-sided and it's always from that person's point of view. And they're always telling their story and their story. They're always perfect. You know, it's always the other person's fault. So like when you, when among um, women do this to a small men, they're only highlighting the bad side of us and not the good. So whenever someone looks at us, they only see the bad. And now like, how are we going to recover from this? Like for example, right? Let's say your, your wife was saying all these bad things about you to this particular friend. And now this friend only thinks you're a bad person. So if you were ever to hang out with your wife and this friend, how are you supposed to act around her? when she already thinks you're just a bad person. Well, yeah, because the whole time when your wife was bitching about you to their friend, their friend is like, leave his ass. You know, he doesn't deserve you, blah, blah, blah. But then in the long game, you end up staying with him. And now your relationship with their friend is kind of frayed or it doesn't make sense now. Like, how are you supposed to interact with that person when uh, that person was pretty much trashing you the whole time? Mm-hmm. It, it is a problem because, because it's so one-sided. we rather not add to it by trying to fix it. It's not like I'm going to be like, okay, you're saying all these things about me. Now let me get out there and try to tell my side of the story to the world, to people, etc. And so this is why it's just a problem. But this is not to say women can't talk about their own problems with people, their circle of trust or people they care about or you know have a support system. But this is just to say, don't do it publicly. And with the people that you do it with, just be cognizant of what you're saying because it has implications beyond just that immediate situation. Well, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So Chu, from a male standpoint then, how do we feel like someone is keeping problems in-house? The most obvious thing is don't blast your husbands on Facebook. <laughs> like that's just <laughs> so common sense. Don't fucking do that. That's not that fucking hard. Chu, life wouldn't be as fun if I didn't see all those posts on <laughs> Facebook. That's Yeah, that's true. Because if those posts weren't on Facebook, this podcast wouldn't be here now. You know what's even funnier and what makes me lose moral respect for men is when they respond and they fucking blast their wife back oh, on yeah. Facebook and social media. Then, then I'm just like, see, your wife already disrespected you by blasting you, which led you to disrespecting yourself by blasting her back to try to stand up for yourself. Oh, bad situation. That's stupid. Like, yeah, a real man doesn't stand up for himself. A real man puts all his problems in a little box and puts it in the back of his mind, you know, until, you know, he has like an aneurysm or a stroke and it goes into an early grade. Like that's just how <laughs> a man is. <laughs> and that's why, that's why men die sooner than women do. Yeah. <laughs> all right. But for real, okay. Yeah. Don't blast on Facebook. Another thing is like, don't gossip about them at social events. If you're doing that, you're not really trying to get problems off your chest. You're gossiping. And if you're going to actually talk about problems, you would do it in your circle of people and friends that you confide and trust in. Well, yeah, that's the obvious way to uh, go about it in a healthy way. Yeah. And so when you do have to talk about issues, I do think you got to present both sides so you don't paint a bad image of your husband to your friends so that when you have future interactions with that person or your husband has future interactions with that person, it's not awkward. And then, and then the third thing we were hearing. Uh, and we think is uh, somebody that's a high Luna. Mm-hmm, for sure. All men are alphas, or at least we'd like to think we are. Yeah. <laughs> Except I'm the alpha of the alphas. No, 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 no. I'm the fucking alpha. <laughs> <laughs> Only for the 15 strong, the freshman 15 strong. But beyond that, no. 
stupid. But yeah, if you're an alpha, you don't want someone to talk down to you because that's just how it works. Yeah, because outside the home, people respect us. You know, it doesn't matter if we're educated or not. There's just mutual respect where we are, whether we're a company job or you're bossing in the corner C-suite office, right? Like your peers respect you. And so it's important that Hmong women also respect us because we're used to being respected wherever we are. Yeah. And that's why, like, if you have issues, you want to speak about your issues cordially, you know, in a way that you guys can resolve the issues. Because, like, once uh, like someone starts bitching, then of course you're going to start bitching back. And then it's just going to be like a fucking like a uh, cat fight or like a bitch fest. And then nothing gets resolved. It just, yeah. it just keeps escalating. Mm-hmm. So how can you show a man or how does a man perceive that somebody to Hailu? I think the most important thing is verbally appreciating him. Ooh, that feels good. <laughs> <laughs> Cause you're like, yeah, man, we're not perfect. Like we're going to make mistakes. But when we do make a mistake, we need you guys to forgive us. Yeah, that's a that's a big one because we don't need to be continually reminded that we made a mistake and we don't need to be continually reminded that we're doing things wrong. Because remember, when we're outside the relationship, this is not happening to us. People are appreciating us in our contributions. People look past our mistakes and they want us to grow. So, yeah. And actually, this is actually the most important one. Oshinde. <laughs> I mean, that would be the solution to all problems. <laughs> but I I don't know. Maybe this is the most important one. You know, That's true. I did get a pretty specific example about how my wife, you know, especially when I want to go to strip club and stuff. <laughs> well, what, what did she say? Like, oh, yeah, for real, dude. <laughs> That's why I was like, damn, I know I'm in love, dude. Oh, man. And so the fourth one that, you know, we kind of gather from a theme standpoint on how men feel respected is we want people to understand us and in particularly understand our interests and our desires. And why is this important is that we want to be treated as individuals. Again, we have an ego. We feel like we're alphas. We want to feel like we are a person. Yeah. And men, they need their space and their freedom. Like the psychology of men is like there's all this pressure on us to be the breadwinner, you know, and take care of our household, have our household in order, you know, especially to the public. And our parents, their expectations of sons are higher than their expectations of daughters. That's just the reality. I'm not saying it's right because it's not right, but that's just the reality of the situation. So when we fuck up, they're more disappointed in us. But when the daughters mess up, I did like, oh, you know, she's going to be someone else's uh, person in the future. So we're not going to worry about that as much. So we need our space. We need our freedom. We need our women to understand that, you know, we have we have this pressure on us like in the community. So how can we see that people understand our interests and desires? Well, from a relationship standpoint, if somebody supports our hobbies. So if I like to go fishing and hunting, which I don't, but a lot of hung men out there do. <laughs> you gotta be supportive of that. There are limitations, as any relationship is to that. But like, there are so many relationships that I see where where the second someone wants to do that, it's a naggy wife. Yeah, that's why I love my wife because you know she supports me in my hobbies like drinking and going strip club. <laughs> <laughs> wow, you are the typical common punk man. <laughs> And yeah, like the other thing is don't be controlling. 
and trust them. So they want to go to the strip club. It's not like they're going to uh, sleep with a stripper because you got to think of it like this, you know. If you barely want to sleep with your husband, who else is going to want to sleep with <laughs> oh, oh, man. Be serious. Be real <laughs> Um, I, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I feel bad for those men. <laughs> okay, but anyways, um, the last thought here for me on, on how you can show this is honestly, listen to them. Half the battle for men and feeling respected when it comes to this is just that you listen. If you can understand that this is important to me and I want to do this. Then we can work through the frequency of it, when it can happen. But if you just at least let me have a word and a say in this conversation, I, th- I think then we feel like you respect us and our desires and as individuals. Mm-hmm. So again, these are the four ways in which we believe and what we've heard from men and the way the moment receive respect is to make sure we keep our face in public, mm-hmm. keeping our problems in the house, somebody that can talk to us to Hailu and somebody that understands us. And the point I want to make is that this is not just limited to a male-female relationship. This is how men perceive respect in general. For example, keeping face in public, I don't want my male friends to embarrass me in public either. Keeping problems in the house, if Chu and I have problems with each other, I don't want Chu gossiping that with our other friends who don't have any uh, skin in the game on what those problems are. So hi, Lou. Men don't like being called little bitches by other men. Right, like there's there's an element of respect on what you can and you cannot say to a man, and then understand his interests and desires. This one's probably less so related, but it's more so in the sense of like we are an individual. So if we are friends, and I don't like doing something you like it to do, well, don't be telling me what I need to do and live my life because you have to understand I'm an individual too. That's different from you. Yeah, and I think out of all of these, you know, I feel like the most important to me is like saving face or. Yeah, you see more in public, yeah. I think that's the most important thing. But then again, I am a conservative Hmong uh, guy, so that might be uh, it. Might be different for you, Ming. But no, I'd echo that too. Out of all of these, it would be as as conservative or as progressive. I think at the end of the day, we all have an, all men have an ego, and that is the most important thing for us to uphold our ego is to not lose face in public. And the truth about this is. You know, like you guys can disrespect us like nine out of ten times, but we just need that one time you respect us. We just need that one win. You know, let us win once in a while. <laughs> uh, I don't. Be- I don't agree. I don't necessarily agree with that. I'm more of a thirty seventy where I I need to win thirty percent of the time. But the woman, the woman could take the other seventy. I mean, I'm just saying. Like my point was only like, you know, just let us win every now and then, and then we'll we'll be loyal as fuck. So we're going to move into our next segment now that we've talked about how Hmong men perceive respect. And we're going to have a little bit of fun. And we're going to share some stories where we have not received respect. And so Chu came across this video on Facebook and he sent it to me where it was probably in Lost Italian where this woman was chasing a man around trying to hit him with this like super long ass bamboo stick. I have no clue what it was. Sugar cane, bamboo. It was like this 10 foot long stick. She she was just chasing him around. And then they had this funny ass song playing to go along with it. They just talked about disrespect for men. And I was just like, this is the perfect video to use when we do our respect episode. My brother-in-law was actually the first one that sent this video to me. 
when I watched it, it was funny because he was getting his ass whooped. But what hit me was the song. I was like, damn, this song's so deep. So my brother actually found the actual song. And the actual song is actually called Nebo Tong Lin by Jua Moore. And so I think that any Hmong guy that's, that understands Hmong and is in an actual a marriage or relationship, man, they can definitely relate to this song. Wait, wait, wait. Are you trying to say there's no Hmong woman out there who truly knows how to respect her, her man? I can, I can say 99.9%. <laughs> <laughs> so this song is pretty much uh, saying that in public, you're a boss. But at home, you're a little bitch because your wife is disrespecting you at home. So like the first verse, it pretty much talks about, yeah, when you're in public and when you're with your friends, you look like you don't have a care in the world. You don't have any drama. But when you come back home, you're treated like shit. I wanted to read this lyric because I thought it was really good. And like, I feel like people can pretty much relate to it. So the lyric goes, And then it goes on to, like that. Damn. I actually understood that. <laughs> nice, nice. Well, there's definitely no metaphors there. That's just pretty straight up Hmong. You know? Exactly. That's why I understood it. But yeah, so story time. Let me tell you about a time where this played out exactly the way for me. So I got this promotion that I was super proud of. And I was at work. I was getting congratulations from everybody at work. All my peers, even directors, VPs, even the highest ranking person in what I did at work sent me congratulatory notes. And so I felt super respected at work. And my partner at the time knew of the promotion, was happy for me. However, would always come back and use that against me in the sense of like, don't think you're so fucking good because you're this or that now. And I'm just like, <laughs> for real? Yeah. And I was just like, what the fuck? Like our relationship hasn't changed. And mm-hmm. so it just felt like a super low blow to my accomplishments. And, you know, it was a big accomplishment. And that is exactly, it's like, why is it that anytime outside the house, everybody recognizes that everybody respects that. But when I come back into the house, there is no respect for that. Doesn't mean that makes me perfect and all my other flaws don't need to be addressed. But I think she's smart, dude, because, you know, she went about the situation correctly. Because your ego was super inflated. And she's like, I got to bring him down a couple of notches. <laughs> bring him back down. <laughs> to Well, I suppose at least she did it at home and not in public. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that reminds me of a story. Like, my friend. Oh, gosh, dude. So, we were drinking. And it was, like, us guys and the wives, you know. Pretty much, his wife got drunk. And she started bringing up past drama. And then they got into a fight. So she was going to drive off and then he put it in front of the car and then she freaking like just 
drove and then he had to jump out of the way. So he almost got ran over. I was like, see, holy shit, dude. See, the problem here is it was his fault. He should have known better than to get in front of that fucking car with a drunk woman behind the wheel who was also mad. Oh, God. Dude, I didn't... Oh, my gosh. I didn't even think that. I didn't think that was going to happen. But that fucking happened. But afterwards, it was even worse because he lived fucking two hours away. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we have to drive his ass home. And I was like, oh, my God. Dude, that's fucked up. I bet... Man, if I were him, I would just have put a bag over my face the whole time so that nobody could see like how embarrassed I would have been. Be like, I almost got run over, and now somebody's driving me home two hours away. <laughs> oh man! So moving on, another part of the uh, lyrics, you know, of the song is sometimes you didn't even do anything wrong, but they just want to pick a fight. So they bring up past drama. They always uh, try to pick a fight with you. I could definitely relate to this. You know, this is pretty much normal. I remember one time my friend he picked his mother over his wife. That's that's a smart guy. <laughs> so this one time she got mad in public and she brought up this old drama about him picking his wife over her, and I was just like, what the. F- Fuck, dude. This is in the place to be talking about that shit. Yeah. You know? So I felt really uncomfortable. I was just like, God damn, man. You know why you gotta do that? <laughs> <laughs> but I will say though, this does happen all the time. The fight is never about the current situation. It's never about that current problem. It is always about something else. And real, so- dude. It's, not, it's just a segue to the real problem. Which is like, guys, just avoid problems, period, because you'll never run for it. But anyways, a friend of mine, him and his girlfriend, are still fighting about the same problems they did back from two years ago. Two years ago. She always says she's over it. But then every time he does something different that elicits a remote feeling of that problem. Boom. They're back into it. They're back into finding that entire night about two years ago. What happened? This this is the issue though. They say they forgive, but they never forget. Women are smart. They always be keeping tabs. Yeah, there's always a smart They are better at this game than we are. No, that's no, so true, dude. Another lyric that I thought was really deep is like he pretty much says like life is like a basket and every now and then you just have to take it off, you know, take a break before you carry it again. So I was like, damn, that's deep because I you have to look good, huh? And look good is like the fucking basket that at your wedding you carry it. Yeah, that I know. Ming, I explain for you. I'm just explaining for the audience. <laughs> I like this uh, metaphor is so strong, you know. That's why I just wanted to throw it out there. Yeah, and this plays back to I think what we said, you know, one of the four ways that men feel respect is to understand us and let us kind of pursue our hobbies and our interests and our individualism, right? And so you know, sometimes, sometimes we need space. Like the goo is like the marriage, right? We're carrying the marriage. We're carrying all the burdens of the relationship with us. Sometimes we need to take that off and just have some space, and enjoy ourselves. For two, that's going through the strip club. You know, for a <laughs> friend of mine, he's a social butterfly, and so when he's at a bar, he just wants to socialize. But his wife restricts him from going anywhere and having any social interaction. But I'm gonna be honest. If I were her, I'd feel the same way. Oh yeah, she's you know like. Because, like, flirting with random women, like, that's fucked up. I, I can't support that. 
But he's just a social butterfly. She's got to understand him. Yeah, I'll be honest. Like, I myself, like, if anyone knows me, I'm a social butterfly as well. (laughs) But ever since I got married, I know limitations. I know what to do, what not to do. Like, ever since I got married, bam, dude. All my friendships with women, like, I thought you didn't believe in being friends with the opposite sex. Yeah, before marriage, like, there's always a chance. That something might happen. You uh, like to be in the friend zone? I'll be honest. Like, I'm a really good friend to women. Because like I had a friend that was pretty, you know? And everyone that wanted to be friends with her wanted to get with her. And I felt so bad, dude. I was like, shit, who knows what this is? I know. <laughs> so that day, I was like, fuck it. I'm only going to be a friend. I'm not going to catch feelings because that's how in control of myself I am. <laughs> <laughs> no, true story. No, no fucking lie, dude. No fucking lie. Okay, so, friend zone. <laughs> that's cool. I don't mind being friend zone. But anyways, go back to my story. So yeah, like pretty much the first five years, five, six years of my marriage, I pretty much put my social life on hold. I pretty much had no friends. Uh, limited drinking. The drinking I really did was only with like my my relatives or my friends, yeah. But even that was limited. Uh, I didn't have any hobbies. I didn't really do shit. But the good thing is, after I did my time, I'm finally free now. Like my wife, like, finally gets that. Okay, you know, like I proved to her that you know I love her and I can dedicate my life to her and the family, the kids, you know. So now she trusts me. So now I can pretty much do whatever I want. But I always have limitations because I set those limitations for myself. Like I have never flirted with another girl. <laughs> oh yeah, Chu, what other girl would respond to your flirts? Talk with your huh? Yeah. Yeah. For our last segment, we're gonna do uh Mong Mong. So let's get serious, dude. Anonymous. My heart is going crazy. I bumped into my ex last week, and he has been on my mind nonstop. He looks great, and he's still so handsome. I didn't think he would recognize me because I got really fat after having three kids. He looked happy with his slim and sexy wife. I felt like hiding in a cave because I looked horrible. I was so embarrassed. Seeing him made me analyze myself and how I let myself go. I know he would never have eyes for me, but the one time in my life when I felt most beautiful was when I was with him. He made me feel like I could be anything and do anything in the world. We didn't work out and he married his now wife and I met my husband. I'm happy, but I always wonder what it would have been like if I married my ex. He loved me too, but not enough. I feel sad inside because I became this, not someone I can be proud of. What can I do? Lose weight? Would it be for the right reason? Or am I kidding myself? This is what's wrong with women. That they think like this lady here. And completely lost. I can't follow the train of thought. All of a sudden she wants to be slim because she's seeing somebody with her ex who looks very nice. Yet she's married, has three kids in her own relationship. Yet this one girl is making her feel all self-conscious about herself. Well, my Sifu once said, insecurity 
is a very unattractive trait, <laughs> and I expect better from you. I guess I can see where she's coming from. I think people now, uh-huh. after a divorce, I mean, this is not even a divorce, but this is like probably a breakup. They're always looking at the next partner their ex is going to be with. So even though these two didn't get married, even though they were just maybe, you know, she's really into him, you always look at like, hey, did they upgrade or they downgrade, right? Oh, and, if, and if they upgraded, it makes you feel a little bit insecure. Like, oh, shit, right? Like, I was not good enough or like, man, I'm not good enough. But so that you're always hoping they downgrade it. I mean, I wouldn't say, I wasn't say hoping. You know, if you have a good relationship, you hope they're with the best person for them. But it stings less for you mm-hmm. if they're downgrading instead of upgrading. Well, in this scenario, she makes no sense because she contradicts herself. Right. She says right, that absolutely. she's happy right now mm-hmm. with her husband and her kids. But yet, you know, seeing her ex with his slim wife, sexy wife, is making her insecure. Like, that makes no sense. How can you be happy but then be insecure? Like, doesn't that go hand in hand? I don't understand that. I don't understand. But if you want your life to be easier, then just lose weight. <laughs> Then you stop worrying about this. Lose weight so you'll feel sexy and so you'll feel self-confident. Then good. Move on. Because what you're telling me is if you don't lose the weight, you can't feel good about yourself. So just go lose it. Well, her last question is, is she doing it for the right reasons or is she kidding herself? I think she's kidding herself. Oh, of course. She knows that. All right, Ming. So Anonymous asks, if I was prettier, smarter, funnier, or maybe even sweeter, would he have chosen me? How does someone spend 365 days with you and only one day with someone else yet chooses that someone else over you? What makes people click? 365 days of laughter, caring, and affection. It was so easy with us. I thought we clicked. And all it took was one day with her and he's gone. I would never know because here I am, left alone, to figure out what and where things went wrong, tearing my own heart apart to find closure. <laughs> yeah, if you're prettier, smarter, or funnier, who wouldn't like that? Or even sweeter. Mm-hmm. I mean, right? Like, of course, those are always good things. I mean, but you don't give us enough here to know if that's the reason why he left you. But what I will say is a guy doesn't just spend one day with somebody and decide to leave a relationship for. Like, so, that's not true, man. Because what? I believe in true love. Yeah, love at first up. sight. You know, so one day, that's all it takes. <laughs> it's possible. Okay, it's possible, but I bet he was already talking to her on the side or behind your back or something like that. And maybe the one day was a day they were both like, let's meet up Mm -hmm. and I'll leave her ass. My first thought when I was reading this was like, God damn, woman, 365 days? Fuck, dude, give him a fucking break. True. (laughs) True. You can't fucking spend 365 days with someone and you're trying to lie to me or lie to us that all... 365 days were all laughter, caring, and affection. That's fucking bullshit, dude. Don't bullshit us. Don't bullshit yourself, dude. I mean, just look at coronavirus right now, right? Fucking people can't even stand to be together right now because they're all stuck in the same Give give the dude some some space. Yeah, for Um, real, dude. But, you know, for real, though, like, you got to stop lying to yourself. Just be honest, dude. You know, you didn't have that perfect of a relationship, you know, so don't fucking tear yourself apart over this shit. It wasn't worth it. I'm pretty sure you guys had your issues. You know, just remember all the times that he treated you poorly and then, you know, you can move on, have some closure. Wow. That was really a sweet thing to say to her. <laughs> oh, <laughs> if we're going to go on that, we're going to be real here. Mm-hmm. He doesn't want to be with you. It's not something that you need to figure out 
what went wrong. Just accept the fact that this guy's a douchebag. Like who leaves somebody that they've been for a year like this with, with no closure, with no sense of respect to them to help them get closure. You're better than that. Just move on. Move on. Thanks everyone for listening to our podcast. So you guys can check us out on Facebook at Two Mom Boys or shoot us a DM if there's any topics that you want to hear us talk about or want to send us questions for our Mongo Monk segment. Also subscribe to us on Apple, Spotify, and Google. And don't forget to hit that five stars. Tune in next week, y'all. All right, peace out, guys. Look up.